What's going on, everyone? It's Mitch from RespectMyRegion.com coming back with another episode of the North American Weed Tour podcast. We're looking at the best in legal cannabis across the map today, joined by special guest BC Wayman out of the Cleveland School of Cannabis. How are we doing today, BC? I am well, man. How are you doing today, sir? Hanging in there. I'm a little frozen, you know. Uh, <laughs> I record. I record my little studio set up in my garage. I live in the Seattle area. It's like under 40 degrees out here right now. So even with the space heaters going, it's a little chilly, man. It's a little chilly. I can see that we are dipping down. We uh, have had a, uh, a seasonably, a seasonably warm autumn thus far here in Northeast Ohio, kind of where the Cleveland School of Cannabis, as the name uh, implies, is located. But this past week, like winter came like you know just like game of thrones winter finally arrived and it has been <laughs> 20s it's been snowing uh it's quite chilly outside so yeah it is that time of year uh when it's starting to drop back down i never look forward to it i never enjoy it uh but it happens right yep yep yeah you can't escape it so i start off every episode with our guest uh origin story with cannabis uh, i'm just curious whether that's personal professional what you choose to be vulnerable and sharing i'm just kind of curious when you and cannabis you know begin your guys' relationship. Sure. It's it's interesting. I talk a lot with people about coming out of their cannabis closet, so to speak, because I think in order to, kind of like yourself, Mitch, in order to really succeed and excel in this industry, you have to open the door and let people, you know, blazon it across your chest. Uh, like a lot of people, right, I'm almost 50 years old. I had some in college, dabbled around, but I'll tell you, I'm very much a like a late in life adapter, right? So we're looking at probably 35 to 40. Well, was at a job, knew someone who had it, had not consumed, had not smoked cannabis, weed, whatever, in probably a decade. Felt like something interesting. And then it started, right? It started casually. It started, and as my uh, friend, Dr. Humat Kumar Bid would say, I was basically medicating myself without understanding what I was doing on a level, but I felt myself opening up, right? I felt myself becoming more of who I am. I don't know how to say that. And I think people listening, if they've had their own cannabis journey. So probably like 35, 40 began very casually consuming it. Uh, and then around, let's see, about 42, 43 years old, give or take. So about seven, eight years ago, uh, I had a, uh, I don't know, midlife crisis is what my wife would call it. I would say like a Phoenix-like rebirth from the ashes, Mitch. <laughs> like I became the best version of myself and I wanted to find a way to combine kind of passion at, or things I enjoyed with skill sets, knowledge uh, that I had uh, found myself with, which is how a lot of students end up at the Cleveland School of Cannabis. So I literally did that. It's probably 2004, dude, I'm Googling Cannabis Jobs Ohio in Ohio at that time. I mean, it is a it's a pretty red state, if we're going to be honest. We just had a Republican elected governor. We cannot hide that. Uh, we have a begrudgingly decent medical program that started in 2016. Uh, but so I was just like trying to find a job and there just wasn't any until literally one day the Cleveland School of Cannabis popped up and here I am still. But so there was around that time, had it as an adult, found it helping myself. And I felt like a best version of myself and decided uh, I wanted to get into it. And at that time, it was just because it was cool and fun. But through the last six, seven years, both my own personal journey learning from some amazingly smart, way smarter than I am people at the Cleveland School of Cannabis or just in the industry or at events like MJ BizCon, uh, really began to understand the depth of what cannabis is. And now, you know, I'm like all in, as they say, right? Oh, man, I love that. And I can definitely associate with, you know, wanting to work in cannabis, uh, especially during that time frame and the amount of opportunities are limited, especially based on location, right? Like I live West Coast where we're pretty blessed. There's a lot of uh, economic infrastructure around cannabis. Um, 
you know, potentially based state by state and the professional level that might seem to, uh, you know, funnel down to, to not as many opportunities, but still much more than when other markets, but I really appreciate you sharing. And that's absolutely, you hit it on the nose. Why, why I lead off every conversation, um, whether we're having, you know, someone from, from a school on here, a science, a, a broker, which is basically just a modern day dealer in the legal market, a CEO <laughs> of a company. There's just so many different aspects of cannabis. And I like to start with just the, our, our personal relationship with cannabis, sure. whether it's using it or a family member or just the ties to that, because I think that just further breaks down the stigma. And if we're going to regular, you know, make this plant normal, let's just talk about it like it's some normal shit, man. We weren't able to get on podcasts and just talk about this, you know, 20 years ago. I wasn't even doing this necessarily 10 years ago. And I was pretty all in on cannabis at that point in my life. <laughs> Maybe not publicly. Um, it's that time, right? You got to eventually let it, let it out. And then you start to find all these amazing people. I'll tell you, sometimes, sometimes I feel bad because I've met so many amazing human beings whose lives have been changed by the plant mm -hmm. whether it's you know any form of the plant cbd whether it's the thc heck uh, even industrial hemp like their lives have been altered whether it's professionally but mostly medically like people have had that or discovered it or through a family member who's had their symptoms therapeutically relieved because of the plant i feel guilty sometimes that i just found it as this creative outlet which pushed me in a direction because and as you work and as you alluded to, you meet so many people whose stories are just deep, just deep and rewarding. And it also then serves as that affirmation, right? That just approval stamp that says, yes, that's exactly why I'm doing this. That's exactly why. And that's, you know, the amazing thing about cannabis, I always say it's so many things for so many people. So I, I do understand and feel that feeling guilty. You know, there's people that have overcome crazy cancer battles with, with mm -hmm. cannabis and it's hard to sit next to them and be like, yeah, I just like it because it helps me make music. But at the end of the day, we can still come together and celebrate over this plant that's done a lot yeah. of things to a lot of people. Um, so you mentioned around the time you found the Cleveland School of Can Cannabis, but could you give me kind of, you know, the basis of of when the when the school started and what was the original like in, intent or inspiration behind the school sure our uh, our founder austin briggs uh was a gentleman from northeast ohio uh had found his way out into california out there and was kind of in the cannabis industry and kind of saw an opening right right is in 2000 through the early teens of the thousands right where that is 2012 13 14 ohio had attempted much like michigan michigan right above us the state above us has had medical cannabis they've been adult use for several years now so ohio had all these different bills right all these different legislative measures that were attempting to pass ballot initiatives and they just kept failing they were getting close or uh they had too much restrictions or too much monopoly for different owners and so eventually house bill 523 passed right it was a legislative measure ohio was one of the few states at the time to legislatively approve medicinal cannabis. Governor Kasich at the time signs it. Uh, and so saw this opportunity, right? He had someone who had went to Oaksterdam, had a positive experience out there in California and said, this is going to be needed. There's going to be a lot of jobs starting and there's going to be a lot of unproperly prepared individuals, right? And so that's how it started. And so it began as a floor in an office space in 2017 we just celebrated five years five years as the only state accredited cannabis uh institution east of the mississippi uh five years started in an office floor handful of students and has grown to our new building which we are now growing we have an industrial hemp research license you got to get with the technicalities here at ohio so we can grow though the plant 
on site. We can grow the plant on site. We have a processing lab on site. We have a mock dispensary sponsored by Dutchie. Shout out to Dutchie, uh, one of the leaders in POS systems. So students can pretend and uh, acclimate themselves to the Ohio dispensary experience, which is not like walking in the Target sure. and buying a candy bar. Like it is a it is a process of waiting rooms and checklists and in days allotment and THC caps and all sorts of what a lot of people watching this are purists would probably be very upset about. So, I mean, that's how we started and we've just really have evolved and grown with this industry to really provide, I think one of the most in-depth uh, hands-on, hands-on, like touching this plant. We have VR headsets. People are taking tours of mm. facilities, hands-on education, uh, Plus, and that's just in our building. You know, we obviously have a robust online as well. So it's come a long way in five years, but it's pretty, pretty freaking cool, man. Yeah, that, you know, alongside what we're talking about, the economic opportunities around cannabis, right? With that mm -hmm. leads way for these opportunities for education and higher education, pun intended, slightly intended. I say it's uh, the highest of educations. That's my pun I go to. That's my go-to pun out of the pocket, Mitch. The, the highest. It's the, the it highest the, of educations. It is the hot dab of education. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it is the thousand milligram edible of education. <laughs> Something like that. Exactly. Um, no, but I mean, I mean, there's there's need for that because as we move into obviously, you know, people can can learn on the job, but beyond just learning bud tending and, and and you know starting to bud tending, becoming a system manager, general manager, potentially regional manager, right? Kind of your traditional retail route. There's ways through you guys of not just teaching the ways of cannabis and and uh, certifications around medical programs, but also business education, correct? So you can also get a little bit of understanding of the plant, of, me of the medical cannabis, and then also get some skills to to take that and further progress it beyond just getting in the industry and start climbing that ladder. Because as this industry continues to expand, those economic opportunities are just going to continually increase um, in both geographic areas where they're at, but also just availability of, of you know, right now, whatever the number of executive level jobs, it's going to continue to increase and then sub subset that, right? Direct, director level, manager level, um, everything's starting to increase. Um, for you guys getting hands-on, what 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 point in the school did you guys get the lab and start being, being able to be more hands-on from, you guys have been around five years, at what point was it able to get more hands-on in the classroom? Uh, before I get to that, I want to point out something you just talked about, about the industry and what's really unique, I think, about the cannabis industry right now. Uh, we like to say it has a immense amount of upward mobility potential, meaning, mm -hmm. and we have seen this already. We have multiple students who have graduated and started as that entry level position, bud tender or patient navigation specialist or a trimmer even. Uh, and now they're directors, right? They've quickly moved up. There are so many jobs that open up rapidly. Right. And so we like to think that we're preparing them for both the entry level. But as you said, we have introduction to business in our school, for example, which does a pitch like a Shark Tank like presentation, to, thinking about starting up a business. Or I teach a class called Commercial Cultivation Operations, which uses lean and takes a look at efficiency and thinking of. Uh, cannabis cultivation on a large scale level as a manufacturing operation because hashtag facts, that's what it is when you're doing it on that kind of level. There's always going to be boutique, but there's going to be Walmarts coming. So we're trying to prepare them, you know, for what they're doing. So uh, we were able to, through the first several years, 
uh, you know, kind of give a very on-site education, didn't have a huge, strong online presence. But then, you know, 2019, 2020 started, COVID hit. And so we had a building and a school built for bringing humans and educating them. And so we had to make a quick pivot, right? Had to figure it out. And we'd been slowly putting the pieces together, but hadn't found that kind of sprinkle of uh, magic trichome dust. But we found it during COVID and we have now developed an extremely robust on-site or uh, online learning program where you're talking with teachers. We have live classes, but they're recorded so you can watch them. Every single one of our classes is offered. In fact, some of our cooking classes, uh, the instructor uses two cameras, kind of like a cooking show and shows you what she's making and talks about what she's making. Uh, so we had to pivot to that. But then coming out of COVID, we got a new building. And that's where we said, if we're going to get this new building, we got to do something to bring these people back. And that began this expansion of uh, our new facility with a larger classroom, a cooking lab built into it. And we're not just making cookies. I know, I mean, we do. Don't get me wrong. We make cookies, once again, infused uh, with hemp oil. Uh, but our instructors take a look at who our students are if they're heavy vegan. All right, we'll make all vegan meals. We're making pastas. We're making pizzas. We're making uh, pancakes. Uh, cooking day. Is awesome at the school. <laughs> I know, like they're not infused or anything, but they're just yummy treats. So I love when cooking class happens because they're bringing you like snacks on the down low, and I'm like, oh, like it's not good for my figure, you know, but it's like super yummy to eat. Uh, which then led to our processing lab, right, where we have tumblers, we have rosin presses, we have all these things you're going to need, uh, and then our grow room, which we're just about to see. We are about seven weeks into our first grow, which has been a process, learning how to grow in an office space uh, that's under construction. We have amazing people working with us, uh, putting it together. But we are about to hit the flowering stage of our first grow. Uh, and we have it in ebb and flood tables. We have deep water cultures. We have, we have growing like basically three or four different ways. So uh, we have students now starting, especially in quarter one, 2023, who are going to be able to essentially clone the plant and maybe by the time they're done, be able to trim and kind of prepare that same plant or turn that same plant into a concentrate or turn that same plant into an oil. That's pretty cool, right? Be able to basically wow. do that. And so you're going to be able to, because you know, Mitch, you've been around to several different like cultivators in this area. You've been doing this a long time. Uh, growing is hard. Like it's not hard. Let's be real. You can, it's sun, it's water, it's dirt, right? But we don't say. Now we got soil and now we have hydroponics. To do it well repeatedly takes some time and some skill and some effort. So learn here, like make your mistakes here because I'll be honest, not all of our plants are beautiful. Like you would walk in and be like, man, some of these are a little sad looking, but the reality is they're growing and they're learning and we touch them a lot. Like we, you shouldn't be grabbing and putting your oils of your skin all over them, but we sure, sure. that's the experience you can get here is you can make mistakes here and then obviously get into the field. And so you have employers who are looking at our graduates saying, well, not only have they touched the plant and grown the plant several different ways hydroponically, they've used registers if they take that course, they've made food, they've infused it, they've processed it. And we're talking business skills, we're talking career services and resume prep out the door. So uh, it's a pretty robust experience, obviously hands-on and our campus in Independence, Ohio is great. Our online uh, is a huge experience. You know, we've obviously have a ton of students across the country, uh, to be honest with you, starting uh, in the last couple of years. So it's a pretty cool thing that I still get. I mean, so many people still say, like, is there a weed school? I'm like, yes, we don't really say weed, but yes, there is. Uh, and so uh, it's CSCEducation.com. I mean, we would love for people to check us out. 
Absolutely. And, then, and we had someone drop a comment in here talking about one of the most, you know, the important key aspect of the cannabis industry is compliance and regulations. Absolutely, you know, have to agree with that. It varies on state to state. But one of the things I know just from a marketing standpoint, right, because like I haven't I'm not I've not been an owner operator in terms of worrying about regulations from mm-hmm. a cultivation standpoint or retail standpoint, maybe on behalf of my clients. You know, I've, those considerations come into into my concern, but more so for marketing. And I know at least from marketing, the state of Ohio is the strictest state uh, I have ever dealt with when it came for compliance around marketing, the restrictions, the waiting period. We couldn't even we were we were doing some con- online content for a, a dispensary or somebody, a multi-state uh, dispensary chain that had some uh, infrastructure in, in Ohio. And it was mm-hmm. even blog post on their website had to be sent to whoever the cannabis control board is for proof before it could be published on their website. And I just, it really racked my brain that it was that level of uh, regulation on blog posts. So I'm just curious, I, I, I would say, you know, from the outside looking in, uneducated opinion on education, um, you know, that that would put you guys kind of at, at an advantage of operating in a state whose program is so restrictive and so many regulations are around it. Um, do you feel like that kind of bleeds over in, in, into the school's just understanding of regulation and importance on compliance in general? Oh, for sure. I mean, we haven't even talked about, we have a whole law and policy class, right? That deals with these things and understanding the fact that even though it's approved federally, let's, or even though it's illegal federally, it could be approved in your state, but it could be adult use and it could be medicinal. It could be very lax rules like Oklahoma, or it could be very stringent like Ohio. Uh, It could be a low THC CBD rule. It could be a decriminalized state. Uh, It could be a lot of different things. And so, uh, but even then your municipality your local mm-hmm. town, they may not want you out. So our law and policy class takes a look at local politics, state politics, national politics, federal politics. So it's hard. And so we have several classes that talk about those things. Um, and as you mentioned, not only the law and policy part of it and the regulations, uh, but I love that we get into and we have some smart, smart people, uh, doctors talking about the endocannabinoid system, looking at CB1, CB2, B, CB1, CB2 receptors in the different terpenes and how they uh, interact with them and the several different cannabinoids and that entourage effect. So we're just really, we just had an open house event, a hugely attended open house event not too long ago. We have these, we have lots of people show off our school uh and one of the things surprises me every time every time from people who i'm going to go out on a limb or say it are probably hardcore cannabis consumers just that a they don't even know what the word terpene is mm-hmm. and b everything else after that all right so if that's where your starting point is all the other educational aspects about it so uh we're taking a look at the plant on not just this level of hey here's better ways to sell it or smoke it or make it but what is the history behind it i mean the history program taught by people like brian adams and such who developed that is a deep look at the culture at the society at the um different past uh issues that this has had you know based off race a lot of it and so we got really take a deep honest dive with conversations into how we got here uh, in the future of it. So it's not just even those operational aspects, it's history, it's law and policy, it's endocannabinoid system. It is, uh, and we have different majors, like our programs, essentially certificate programs. You have the executive package, which is probably about 65% of people taking it. So there's a lot of information that we're trying to present besides just 
hey, bro, here's some weed. And I know that's stereotyping, but it's true. That's what we get. They're like, hey, I want to be able to sell it or smoke it. There's so much, man. And you know this, but there's so much in it just every day. And it's a constant evolving thing. Shout out to the double M's, Maryland, Missouri, just got two more legal mm-hmm. states with two mm-hmm. more states, you know, regulations going on. So there's so much in having a a school that has a staff. We're talking a staff, not just one or two people. You know, Tyrone Russell, Kevin Green, our president and vice president will be in Vegas at MJ BizCon at the Hush House. We got to promote that at some point. They'll be there, right? Those two gentlemen have led us a long way into where we're at, but we got a huge staff. We have faculty all over the country. California, Washington, uh, Georgia, Maryland, New York. We got people all over the country that are working on our online education. Uh, in a hundred of students. So we got a lot of things happening right now and we're really excited five years in almost feels like we're just getting started. Took a long time. COVID kind of hit a pause button. Now it feels like 2023 and beyond is just like, that's where it's at, Mitch. I really feel, uh, you know, that's where, and then talking about it, educating people. Yeah. The growth. And, 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 and I feel what you said on, on not wanting to stereotype, but there is a lot of thoughts, right? Like a lot of people want to get into cannabis simply because it's something that they're passionate about. I, before cannabis, I come from the, came from the music side. Uh, Mm -hmm. Music's obviously something that the majority of people are passionate about or have this enjoyment or at one point in their life been like, Oh, I want to be a musician or work in music for a living. And in music, I always found people would get into it because they thought they were passionate about it. And then we're like, Oh, wow this is really hard work and there's a lot of <laughs> so stuff around hard. it, right? There is no, there is no dream job. I mean, you can work your way to a dream job, but there is no like, Oh, I want to do this dream job and I'm just going to do that. Right. Like you have to learn, you got to fall flat on your face and you got to do a lot of suck to get like the stuff that you enjoy. And cannabis yeah. is very similar. People are like, oh, I just want to sell weed, you know, or whatever. But there's systems and processes and traditional, you know, if you're on the retail side, there's traditional things on the retail side that doesn't matter if you're in the mall or a dispensary, Mm -hmm. these things that you need to learn and understand. Cultivation is the same thing, just growing a couple plants for hobby versus growing at scale versus identifying problems. Part of a room, a whole room, a whole system, right? There's so many different aspects of that. And that's where I think that importance of of education too, of, of having that opportunity to education is kind of experience things before you get to it. Right. Mm, like, absolutely. Like so many times you can say, Oh, this is what I want to do. You spend all your time preparing and you hop in and you're like, damn, like actually <laughs> I really only enjoy like 3% of this. And I didn't really pay attention to this other 97 and like, yeah, this just isn't for me. And so I think having that opportunity to, to have a school, right. Where you can learn about all, Hey, I love cannabis, but I don't quite know where I fit in or what I'll most enjoy and being able to kind of learn all of these concepts. And so is that something that you guys see with students? Like, you know, I know it's popular at a traditional college where people would just go in, not declare a major, kind of get their bearings and then be like, all right, you know, this shit over here, I I met a teacher or got a spark of inspiration or see this career path that I didn't quite understand. Like, is is that type of stuff you feel like happening with students at, at the Cleveland School of Cannabis? Uh, undoubtedly, I always like to say people like to think they want to grow weed all day, every day until they have to grow weed all day, every day. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, what have I gotten myself into? I would say a lot of people, a lot of people start at our school with the intention of probably growing cannabis, right? They smoke it. They consume the product, uh, whether medicinally or on a, you know, a recreational adult use level. So they consume the product. They like it. They figure, Hey, I see all these shows and all these podcasts, things like respect my region. They're all like promoting. It's a cool place to work. I could work in weed. And then they come here and so many people, 
And we hear this often, probably a few months in, like, I thought I was going to come here to grow cannabis, but then I realized I could do this, whatever mm -hmm. this is, right? We have a lot of people, we have a medicinal focused program that looks at the endocannabinoid system. Uh, it looks at the history. It looks at a few other aspects. And so we've had several people create their own startups, Delta eight CBD companies or other things, taking just the medicinal focused program, learning about terpenes, learning about the effect on their body, learning about the endocannabinoid system and how all these receptors work and learning how to uh, think about the plant as a therapeutic and medicinal thing. And then say, boom, now I got the inspiration to do this because I already have skill set A, B, C, and D. We have a lot of people who will come there once again saying, I want to grow or I want to do this, who get into different aspects and say, yeah, I want it to grow, but man, my brain is scientifically tuned. So testing is going to be this huge market that's going to blow up. So maybe since you guys have talked to me about testing, if we looked at different type of you know gas versus liquid chromatography machines, and now we're like, what? This is a whole nother thing, or maybe we're going to edit uh, tissue cultures, or we're going to look at cannabis on a genetic level. Like, yeah, we can get science or maybe you want to take these business skills and do other startups like food trucks and these things. So a lot of people come, I think, to grow. Not everyone. I mean, it's a broad stereotype, but I think horticulture is one of our most popular single certificate programs for sure. And I think when they get there and get into the depth of what cannabis is and the many, 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 right? We're not you know, we got some, according to a Columbus Dispatch article, like 4,000 jobs, give or take, coming to Ohio in the cannabis industry in the next year, right? So we've been talking about that. Like these jobs are coming. That doesn't include, Mitch, what we're doing, ancillary. Both you and me, both at Respect mm -hmm. My Region, both at the Cleveland School of Cannabis, both at my other podcast, Because Cannabis, all these other things. It doesn't include the T-shirt makers and the clock makers and all those other unlimited opportunities that can mm -hmm. be adjacent to the plant, right? The plant exists. But ancillary businesses drive forth the product itself at its core. So it's unlimited, right? We're at the right. just the very start of delivery services, bud and breakfast, consumption cafes. Like we're just, we haven't got to what those are going to be yet. Those are babies and now oh, we got to have cards and this thing. Wait till it's like the bars and those things. So yeah, you can take all these other skills and really apply them. So it's amazing sometimes to see uh, where people start, just like any learning experience right where they start uh and then at graduation or most excitedly for example we just had a you know a recent trade show there's trade shows mj bizcon 2022 uh where you're going to be at uh this week uh happening to have these trade shows we had one here in ohio and all around the place and all these cultivators who are working it's students and they're like hey i remember you or hey i had this or hey thank you that was shocking to me i think sometimes they go out and i know they're on their way and it's it's exciting and i hear their names hey you got a job at blank cultivator hey he's a grower hey she's doing this but to see them and they're representing the company and they found their passion like they get to work in cannabis all day and or some started as a processor or a trimmer and you know just realize i don't want to trim all day and they got another aspect it's just cool it's cool to see where they start and then see successes in action like that is just that's what makes it absolutely and that's and like you said the upward mobility you know as a good yeah. good word choice earlier i got to give you flowers for that um uh you know and this industry is is extreme right just the level of opportunity to get it on the ground floor now even as a bud tender even as a trimmer and what you can do in two years in terms of moving up is significant absolutely. significantly 
potentially less obstacles than maybe getting in tech at an internship level and trying to work your way up, right? Like industries are a little bit more established and, and, and kind of the steps you need to take are very systematic and cannabis right now, like the stair sets being designed. So you can get in at step one and then potentially end up on step eight pretty quickly. Just yeah, it's like an MC Escher house. There's steps all yeah. over the place, man. Like they are just constant. It's like Harry Potter. They're just constantly moving. You could think you're here and all of a sudden, freaking staircase. And now you're going this way or up or down. There is, gosh, just potential, not just startups and companies, but explosion of most of our cultivators, for example, in Ohio are expanding. We just launched 70 new dispensaries. So we got all these. So you have that. And that's just our state. I mean, you got Vegas, you got the 21 now adult use states and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, we had so many people that will graduate and then move on, like go out west. I mean, it's where they go, right? Where you're at in Seattle, out there in Washington or Vegas and Colorado, clearly California putting out eight bills every year, billion dollars. New York is going to be enormous. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, so they're able to uh, go there and then find uh, success. But you can just look, everyone's got to climb a ladder. Like we know that. So our goal is to two things, right? Give you some skill sets and not just plant knowledge. Cause I, there are so many people there who are smarter than me about the plant, like every day, but life skills sometimes are just business skills or thinking mm -hmm. about the plant as a product and not just smoke it. Think of it as a commodity, like copper or coffee beans, like that's in people playing the stock market and trading the value of your company. So introducing those things, regulations, the, this, you know, the endocannabinoid system or all those things, we can introduce all these aspects. So A, your entry-level employees are more well-rounded, undoubtedly, like really higher up. And B, these people are also given some skill sets to chase their own dreams, do sure. their own things, whether starting out, but they can climb faster. And I think you're going to climb the rung faster if you have, you know, the skill set up top. Like if you have that working, if you've got that backbone of uh, the highest of educations, then you're definitely going to, I would think, and I hope, and I know, because we've seen it. I don't just think, I know you're going to climb that a lot faster. Absolutely. Um, one of the things, you know, we touched on a, a minute ago, or you touched on a minute ago was kind of the history, following the history of this plant mm -hmm. and and what the war on drugs has, has done to certain communities. So I know you guys um, have done scholarships. Um, could you give me a little bit of backstory of kind of, of, of how much, I, I believe I, you know, I had to figure down, it was like almost $200,000 in scholarships. Um, so what communities those are going to and, and what that's looked like for you guys? Sure. Well, social equity is a huge thing, right? In fact, our sponsorship of the Hush House at MJ mm -hmm. BizCon with Tyrone Russell and Kevin Green, our sponsorship was providing uh, 20 tickets to social equity operators. Uh, shout out to Devin Alexander, Rolling Relief. I saw your post on LinkedIn. Shout out to the Cleveland hey. School of Cannabis for giving you a ticket. Rolling Relief, Devin Alexander attending Hush House at MJ BizCon 2022. Oh my God. Uh, so that was a big thing, right, for us uh, as part of it. We're understanding of both the consumers and the people who have been heavily affected by, as you said, the war on drugs and their inability to get into positions of leadership, right? I start a lot of my classes that uh, students who don't look like me, unfortunately, a lot of people are run by companies who look like me, maybe not glorious red beards like me and you, Mitch, but they're there, right? You would, you're just like a few months away from this. I just realized that with your red, uh, your redness there, sir, below the chin. So yeah, I mean, we realize, the impact that it's had in so many people that aren't given opportunities. So whether it is finding ways to provide scholarships, whether it is 
uh, different forms of the Cleveland School of Cannabis, like the Harrington Institute, which looks at providing uh, scholarships, once again, for people uh, who have been disenfranchised, who have been put back for it. You know, our, uh, the people who run our company are both, you know, amazing men and they're African-American men. I don't need to point that out, but just in the fact that it's important to them to see people succeed uh, for them to be seen as leaders, right? So they know that, hey, I can get there. And a lot of our students uh, come there and I think that gives them positive role models. And so I think that's a part of it. Uh, I think making sure we understand and don't hide from it. Like there is some ugliness to this, especially, uh, you know, things in the legacy market on both, whether it's racial and some other, there's lots of other negative aspects of how we got here. And we've gotten to successful cannabis sales on the backs of uh, some people. And that's unfortunate. And so we don't want to forget that. And so I think making sure we have, and I think it's one of our goals, I think it also just, it feels good and feels right to promote and try your best to provide a future generational leadership that is more diverse, that is more inclusive, whether it's race, whether it's gender, whether it's orientation, that more people who look like the people who consume this plant are able to sell this plant. And we've made some progress is a, is a, industry but we are clearly clearly have a long way to go so that's something that you know the school has prided itself on you know whether it's locally in cleveland or whether there are some things we can do nationally is trying our best and it's hard but trying our best to make the industry be better make the industry be more inclusive make the industry have diverse leadership and we're seeing it every day uh you know even people like devin alexander from rolling relief like we're seeing more startups whether it's from people of color whether it's from uh females in the industry or whether it's based off orientation we're seeing it and we're still you know we're at the bottom uh but it's exciting to think that we are hopefully uh whether it's just our sponsorship of hush house and getting some social equity operators who may not have been able to get into this secret little thing that is hush house like now you can get in uh getting more people involved and getting more people there uh hush house itself is uh you know minority-owned company and female so that's amazing as well so it's exciting it's exciting times i i know we all know and admit we got a long way to go uh, but a future is going to be better. The future is going to be better. I don't know if we have a part in that. I mean, it's very, you know, not very bragginistic. That's not a word to say, but I hope we're a small part of it. And I just, I hope just in my heart, you know, that it is more inclusive, more diverse. We're getting there. And I just hope we stay on that path. I really do. Absolutely. Incremental progress, but progress, no doubt. That's what we're pushing for. Um, and like BC said, you know, Cleveland School of Cannabis is a social equity partner for the Hush House event after party in Las Vegas during MJ BizCon. So we're entering Weed Week. It's officially Weed Week. I'm not in it Vegas is yet. On. I, I know a lot of people are out there. I'm flying my ass out there tomorrow. Hush House is on Thursday, Speakeasy event. If you've RSVP'd, we will see you there. If not, make sure to tap in with us. But, you know, BC, before I get you up out of here, um, we do have to, for people who want more information on Cleveland School of Cannabis, csceducation.com. But I got to give you, you know, the floor real quick to plug, you know, you got your own podcast because cannabis. So, you know, plug, plug me the four on one on that and where people can find that, man. We'll do that for sure. We'll start with the Cleveland School of Cannabis, csceducation.com, csceducation.com. Uh, there's lots of different links on there. We got blog posts. We got information about the site. If you're local 
to Northeast Ohio or definitely within a 60 mile radius, just being on site is definitely something to check out. Uh, we got an event on December 3rd called Hempmas. It's kind of a hemp themed holiday mart. So if you're in Northeast Ohio in that time, check it out. If you're somewhere across the country, we have an online educational platform that could work for you. So cseducation.com. Uh, we are everywhere socially, uh, multiple different channels, whether it's um, LinkedIn, you know, it's on Facebook, it's on Twitter, it's on Instagram. Our Instagram game has been really picking up. So Cleveland School of Cannabis, follow it there. We'd appreciate it. I will give a shout out if I'm on here. Thank you, uh, Mitch, I respect my region. Because Cannabis, every single Friday, 4.20 p.m., brand new shows. Uh, I think this Friday is the CEOs of My Flora DNA, a genetic splicing gene editing company that looks at cannabis on that level. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, every Friday, 4.20 p.m., Because Cannabis on YouTube and audio everywhere else. Uh, Mitch, thank you for having the Cleveland School of Cannabis on here. Uh, I am not being invited to Las Vegas. Tyrone Russell, Kevin Green, <laughs> our, our our management is there. Like upper representatives are there. I assume they're listening right now. I am in Ohio. I'm not like you, Mitch, where I get to take a jet plane and jet set out there. So uh, if you see them and they're dapperly dressed gentlemen, they'll be at Hush House November 17th, 8 p.m. Secret location and password to be. I don't even like I would love to get a secret password, Mitch, like someone to be like, text me, <laughs> be here. Uh, so give them a little grief, you know, ask them where's oh, yeah. BC. Let them know. Maybe next time they'll get to fly me to Vegas. But uh, thank you, Kevin and Tyrone for a letting me come on here. Thank you uh, for sponsoring, uh, you know, this program with Hutch House and giving people that may not have had a chance to get into the uh, secret party. They're going to have like 700 people and secret activities. They're going to have like even letter writing campaign for the last prisoner project. Like this place is good. Are you going to Hutch House? That's what I need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be doing Damn We're going we're, we're to be doing a, a, live, a live podcast during the, you know, during the event, man. So yeah, I, I will be in the build. I, I rare, my, my usual MJ BizCon is three events kind of three events a night to maximize networking that's what sure. i'm there for the the free food at three different events is definitely that a, is plus. That is a byproduct the networking is the main focus um but thursday night since we're a part of this this will likely be the only event i attend that night and i will Ooh. be there for the long haul so that is a rare that is a rare occasion i'm very very much excited though that's you know uh, to be honest, I just was in Vegas for another conference, so I'm not excited to go back to Vegas, but I am excited for this particular event. Well, I think it's going to be an awesome time. Uh, I think everyone should go check it out. If you haven't, there's tickets there. I think it's Hush House or HushVegas.com. I should probably promote that. CSEEducation.com. That's what I'll promote. But uh, definitely Hush House, thank you for giving a chance for the Cleveland School of Cannabis to be on here uh, to talk about it. Like I said, just as much the fact that we're able to give some people a chance to get there uh, is important. And Kevin and Tyrone will be out there representing the school. Give them a little shout out there. Uh, and then, yeah, CSEEducation.com. We definitely would appreciate that. I think uh, I think we're got a lot of places to grow literally figuratively uh in the future so hopefully uh one of you listening out there will uh grow with us i love that man this is the north american weed tour podcast we're looking at the best in legal cannabis across the map we got one more episode today i think at 4 p.m pacific standard uh and then we're we're clocking out until thursday we're going to run an episode live at hush so if you guys are there we'll see you. if not we'll see you online Check in for more content soon. Big ups, BC, Cleveland School of Cannabis. Um, this is the North American Weed Tour Podcast. We are out.